You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Random Fit. I am Wendy Batts here with Ken Miller, my friend and colleague. How are you, Mr. Ken? <laughs> well, no complaints here, Wendy. Have I ever complained? Have I ever complained about anything when we... Uh, uh, on the show, started? no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a loaded question. Yeah. Well, considering that I haven't had my coffee yet, that might be the oh. one thing, considering what we're talking about today. Well, yes. And I'm really excited about today's episode because we are bringing back one of our favorite special guests, uh, Miss Kat Bearfield. Um, Kat is joining us from California, and she is a registered dietitian. She is DotFit's VP of Nutrition Services, and she's also one of our master instructor or instructors for the National Academy of Sports Medicine, um, especially dealing mainly with nutrition. So we are super excited to bring Kat back on. So let's welcome her back in. Hey, hey, hey. what's going on, guys? Yeah. What's happening? Uh, well, we need your help because today's topic is a, <laughs> is caffeine. Is it an upper or is it a downer? Because to me. It could be both. <laughs> yeah, and I would agree with that. I would say my favorite answer, right? We've talked about this before, it is it depends. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> On the context. Context matters, right? It always, always. All right. So, so I mean, we, we talked a little bit. Well, we brought up coffee uh, a little bit, and that's one of the that's one of my rituals in the morning, as it is with I think millions, maybe billions of people uh, around the world. But what is it about coffee and caffeine that makes the morning just that much better? Well, from a cognitive standpoint, it increases wakefulness and alertness and uh, makes you feel more energized. So it's quite understandable given the way that we live our busy lifestyles, technology laden, that a cup of morning Joe is going to make you feel better. So um, main thing is alertness. People don't want to feel tired in the morning and, and coffee fixes that real quick. <laughs> well, you know, Kat, I'm going to ask you, you know, when you say coffee fixes it, you know, when we're talking about caffeine, can you kind of tell our audience, like if I said, what is caffeine? How would you define yeah. it? So essentially, if you want to boil it down, it's a psychoactive drug. <laughs> when you consume Perfect. it, it has a physiological effect, right? It changes um, the physiology in your body. And, but it's also important to note that it is a naturally occurring substance in about 60 different plants. And then it's also synthesized. So you're probably familiar with nodos or Excedrin migraine if you read the labels. You'll see a little caffeine on there and uh, caffeine can also be made right in the lab, just like any prescription drug, but it's in this case, it's over the counter. So, you know, man-made, but also naturally occurring. Now outside of, out of coffee, I mean, again, millions, billions of people are drinking coffee every day, but what other, what other sources are, are, more commonly found that if you're not a coffee drinker, what else is out there? I mean, I know that we have the energy drinks and things like that, but yeah. what, what else is out there if, if coffee is not your, your deal? Yeah. So tea, uh, soda, 
um, chocolate, uh, those things are, and then like you're saying, and naturally, um, not, not naturally, but also in energy drinks and even pre-workout supplements. There's a lot of caffeine and other stimulants in there as well. Um, and then of course those, you know, the over-counter no-dose type of thing that people, that people used to stay awake. So lots of different options out there for caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> and and those of you guys that are joining us on Random Fit today with myself, Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, we have our special guest, our guest, Miss Kat Barefield. And today we're talking about caffeine, whether it's an upper or downer or both. And so, you know, Kat, you talked a little bit about it being kind of a natural substance. And of course it can be man-made, but to your point, you know, like if it's not a tea or if it's not, if it's not coffee or, or you know, when it's not natural and you're getting some of these drinks off the shelves and you know there are some of those out there that's like high in caffeine and all this can you kind of tell us i mean are, what are the contraindications when you're looking at this for somebody that you know is is digesting these drinks that you're buying versus coffee or is there a difference really there, there the main difference is that when it's in a like a substance it, when the caffeine is a substance contained in like energy drinks or in uh, pre-workout supplements, things like that, they tend to be in higher amounts, right? You can have higher amounts of them. And if you overconsume them, then you can tend to have worse side effects, so to speak. And of course, context matters like we were talking about. So if you're someone who has anxiety and you consume large amounts, it can exacerbate that. If you're someone who has a heart condition, obviously, um, you know, that can be an issue. Uh, we don't know how it affects, you know, kids. So we don't want to mess around with caffeine in youths. Um, and of course, if you're pregnant, you're going to want to limit the amount of caffeine that you consume. So that, that's the main thing is that it tends to be um, present in higher dosages when it's in an energy drink or a dietary supplement versus like your standard eight ounce cup of coffee might have, you know, 95, 110 milligrams of naturally occurring caffeine in it. Tea might have half that much, you know, cola, Coke might have 40 milligrams um, in it from different sources. So again, higher amounts in your man-made caffeine sources. Ken, did you hear that? I, I heard I should probably be drinking tea then. <laughs> Not that I'm anxious uh, or anything like that. But, you know, it's funny when you say, you know, you know, being cautious or, you know, not not for kids. But I just remember when I was eight or nine years old and we visited the Philippines. And one of the things that we had for breakfast, here I am eight, nine years old, and I would have my coffee with condensed milk is how they, how they had it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, you know, one, a, a pandesal or basically it's, it's a roll, a bread yeah. roll. And yeah. that was breakfast. And yeah. I, I almost had that every day when I was visiting my family in the Philippines, but, but it was, I mean, it was culturally, it was just one of those things where they, they, my, my parents were having it for breakfast and, you know, therefore it was on the table. So everybody had it. So now that I think back to when I was eight and nine years old, I was a coffee drinker back. Of course, I didn't have it, you know, coming back to the U S you know, it's not like I'm a fifth grader and said, Hey mom, dad, where's that, uh, where's that pot of coffee? Is that ready yet? Can I, can I, have, can I have a cup before I get, I got some homework to get done right now? 
that's funny. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it, and when you have a cup of coffee, you're probably not a big deal, you know, in small amounts and naturally occurring sources. Um, that when you get into the energy drinks for youth um, and, you know, the, the over-the-counter energy shots, things like that, concentrated in high amounts, that's when you want to sort of be careful, you know, with kids. So Kat, with, with us talking about, you know, drinking coffee or, you know, grabbing these energy drinks because, you know, people feel tired. And again, you just even said it, it helps kind of wake you up and alert mm -hmm. you and stimulate your mind and your body. Mm -hmm. You know, there has been, there's been so much talk out there about, okay, I want to shut off caffeine altogether. Like, you know, I drink coffee every day. I drink it by, you know, the, the um, pot fools. But then when people start to kind of wean themselves off, they start to get these headaches and they start to have all these like negative side effects. So mm -hmm. can you kind of talk through what's happening with your body? I mean, I know it's kind of like a withdrawal, but can you kind of talk us through why that happens or what's going on? Yeah. So, so we know it's a stimulant, but it is nowhere near the type of stimulants that we know have deleterious effects, right? Like heroin and cocaine, for instance. <laughs> so let's just, in, in the big scheme of things, it is a mild, right? Mild psychoactive agent. And so therefore you're going to get some negative um, symptoms when you stop consuming it. And mainly what the, what's happening in the body is you have these things called adenosine receptors. And for those of my science geeks out there, right? Where does adenosine come from? ATP. So your body uses ATP as the energy currency in all of the cellular reactions that occur. And you know, adenosine is one of the byproducts when ATP is broken down. So your body has all these receptors in it, adenosine receptors. And as you go throughout the day, you know, using ATP, those adenosine levels in your body, they build up. And therefore, when they latch onto the receptors, your body starts to get, you know, it actually will increase sleepiness. And so throughout the day, you know, and then of course at night is when your sleepiness peaks because your adenosine levels are at its highest. So what is, what does caffeine do? Well, caffeine blocks your adenosine receptors, mm -hmm. right? So if you're blocking your adenosine receptors, then you're going to feel more alert and it's going to delay or decrease your feelings of sleepiness and fatigue and increase wakefulness. And then associated with that, if you stop all of a sudden, right, consuming caffeine, well, then your body actually can upregulate the number of adenosine receptors it has if you're a habitual caffeine consumer. And so imagine you stop all of a sudden and all your adenosine receptors are like open and ready and no, no longer accepting caffeine. And now adenosine gets, you know, latches onto all the receptors. There's more receptors now. And so you could feel extra tired, right? And have headaches and such. So, but the good news is, is that it's transient. It's short term. And so if you allow yourself to just, you know, put up with it for about a week, then you're back to normal. As opposed to one of these other, you know, <laughs> stimulants <laughs> that has way, uh, you know, more severe side effects and withdrawal symptoms, if you will. So sometimes I feel like the, you know, the addictive properties of caffeine are a bit overstated. You know, it's a, it's a short acting substance. Caffeine is short acting. It stays in your body, you know, peaks probably around 30 to 30 to 60 minutes after you consume it and the half-life of it is about, you know, five hours, meaning that five hours later, about half of the caffeine you ingested is still in your system. And so it's, it's out of your system pretty quickly, you know? 
Yeah, I find that kind of interesting. Sorry to button really quick, Ken, but you know, when I was pregnant, they told me that I could, you know, I really should cut down on caffeine because again, mm -hmm. I am a coffee drinker. I love it. Yeah. And I think it's just the warmth more than I care about the taste. Cause I mean, I have like creamer with splashes of coffee in it. Um, and I thought, oh geez, if I go from like, you know, full leaded caffeine coffee, you know, like that I drink up to like this decaf, which they were like, totally acceptable. Try that. I thought I was going to be miserable and I had zero, I noticed like it didn't do anything to me. I didn't have those side effects, but then I hear other people talking and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't have my coffee today. My head's killing me. And I'm like, really? So I don't know. Some of it I think is psychological too, because I'm like, if I just said I'm stopping caffeine, I feel like that would like, you know, want me to have yeah. more, but it would cause the headaches versus, Hey, I'm just going to still drink it, but I'm going to drink decaf when I know there's still a little bit in there, There is, um, but I just found it fascinating that like, especially for myself that yeah. I didn't have any side effects. And I thought for yeah. sure I would. Yeah. And it also depends too on if you're what's called a slow metabolizer or fast metabolizer, how it affects you. And then what's your habitual intake? Are you consuming one to two cups a day? Or are you consuming eight? You know, so all of those things play a factor as well as like, what's your quality of sleep? Are you, you know, trying to make up for your poor sleep by consuming more caffeine? That plays a role into it as well. And if you're here with us at Random Fit, we're with Kat Bearfield as our special guest. Uh, registered dietitian, and we're talking about caffeine with Wendy Batts and I, Ken Miller, and Kat. When we talk about caffeine and sleep, right? And you and you you mentioned it from the perspective of you know if you didn't get a good night's sleep, um, you know, for whatever reason, like you know, let's just say putting together the the notes for a podcast or something like that catch you <laughs> up a little bit at night. But uh, <laughs> but. Um, to look at it from the other end and you, you talked about half-life and, you know, thanks for bringing that up. Cause I, for, you know, that's one of those things about chemistry with, or biochemistry when it comes to life and half-life and the full effect, as you said, you know, takes, takes a little bit for it to kick in a little bit of time that is. So one of the things that I noticed about me is that if I have coffee after three o'clock and it's rare that I have something in the afternoon, if I get a good night's sleep, but um, is there a general recommendation on when we should stop having coffee? Uh, you know, someone's saying, you know what, I'm getting five hours of sleep or it's interrupted sleep at night. Is there is there a way to manage the dosage throughout the day? Yeah. So the general rule of thumb is, you know, eight at six to eight hours before bedtime, you want to stop having caffeine. You know, I'm sure you guys all know someone who can like drink a cup of coffee and they're like, they can fall asleep and they claim it doesn't affect them. But from a physiological perspective, you're still blocking your adenosine receptors, right? So you may be able to um, fall asleep quickly, but, you know, it can interfere with your sleep quality, right? So it can interfere with the deep restorative sleep, the REM sleep that you have um, by having caffeine still, you know, around in your system. So general rule, six to eight hours of bedtime, before bedtime, I'm sorry, um, you know, stop your last caffeine dosage. Hmm. Kat, I'm going to actually, I'm going to play this back over and over again and put it on our speakers and throughout the house and play that because I live with someone that can drink coffee or, or like, you know, something tea before bed. And he's like, 
and he's out in two seconds. So I'm going to just yeah. tell him that his quality is poor. <laughs> quality is, <laughs> is poor because of that. <laughs> yeah. And some like herbal teas don't have any caffeine in it. So again, it depends on, you know, what type of tea that he's consuming. I think tea can be relax relaxing at night if it doesn't have and calming, you know, some of the herbal properties, if it doesn't have any caffeine. So maybe it's just a matter of switching the type of tea he's consuming. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get right on that. <laughs> now, now, speaking of uh, that evening consumption of, ca uh, consumption of caffeine, one of the things that I like after a really good meal is a little dessert and a little decaf. Is yeah. decaf, decaf still has some in it, right? I mean, I mean, but is it enough to, to affect someone's sleep at that point? That I think it depends on how sensitive you are. But in general, what they say is caf decaf, uh, decaf coffee, I think they remove around 90 or 95% of the caffeine. So you still have some floating around in your system. So, um, you know, probably not a big deal. But again, depends on did you have a whole bunch of caffeine that day did you have eight cups prior regular coffee you know what i mean um are you sleep deprived already probably if you're in a sleep deprived state um and you're already consuming a lot of coffee it's probably on the safe side to consume you know an herbal tea or something instead so you're suggesting decaf like extra double chocolate layer cake everything <laughs> right before bed right so, and that will help like that will probably cause some sleep issues uh, or my quality of sleep will de decline. It certainly can. I wouldn't rule it out, especially if you're mm -hmm. someone who's sensitive or you're already in this chronic sleep, you know, sleep deprived state. Uh, you know, well, mix the chocolate, sure have some berries instead, go with some herbal tea <laughs> and turn your screens off an hour before you go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> He's a cream brulee fan, so I think uh, I think he's probably safe there because it doesn't have chocolate or the caffeine effect. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So Eric, better than, good. better than chocolate lava cake, that's for sure. Oh, Ken, <laughs> well, you're out. You just made me drool. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a you know a question too. You know, we're talking a lot about you know sleep and what it can do. Um, you know, for people that are drinking right before bed and the quality of sleep, of course. And if, you know, um, and if you guys are tuning into Random Fit right now and you're just joining us, we're here with Kat Bearfield today, registered dietitian, VP of Dot Fit, talking about, or, and nutrition services, but then also one of our National Academy of Sports Medicine master instructors. You do a lot of things, Kat. But, um, you know, when we, when we, when we're talking about on a performance side, mm -hmm. you know, I know a lot of, um, you know, clients that I have, you know, especially some of our athletes, you know, they do this pre-shake and it has caffeine in it when they're talking about the pre-workout and you you briefly mentioned it for a quick second so can you kind of talk about the effects it would have you know before you're going into the gym or should someone consume caffeine that isn't a normal caffeine person like they don't usually do caffeine but should they start doing it in their pre-workout like what are your suggestions i, I would i would first ask the question what is it that you're trying to achieve by utilizing caffeine so caffeine not only, you know, has cognitive um, effects like increasing wakefulness and, and alertness and, and energy levels, but from a performance standpoint, caffeine also uh, reduces the, your rate of perceived exertion, which means that basically it makes exercise feel easier, right? 
And it can also boost exercise performance of all types, moderate, moderately boost uh, endurance performance, also strength and power, sprinting, all types of um, research surrounding caffeine in terms of its performance benefits. Um, you're also going to get a little bit of an increase in metabolic rate. Obviously, if you feel more energized and exercise feels easier, then theoretically you can work harder and burn more calories. So it can facilitate your body composition um, goals if that is your goal. So what are you trying to achieve? And then if you're a novice or if you're you know first time caffeine user, then it's important to start, I think, at the lower end and then see how your body you know, feels, and then you can titrate up based on how your body's um, responding. Hmm. Well, to piggyback, can I ask another follow-up question to that? What about, what about um, you know, individuals that like to work out at night? You know, would you suggest some kind of you know, pre-workout knowing that is probably, you know, because it just depends on time, and we're always saying put it in your schedule whenever you can fit it in, do it. Yeah. I'm yeah. a huge advocate for that, but then again, it seems like there could be some. Yeah. Balances. I would say if you're training at night, I would say if you're training at night, then no, because you're not going to want to compromise your sleep because sleep is basically when you recover and you restore and, you know, all that stuff. So if you're training at night, I would avoid it. If you're training in the afternoon, like we said, eight hours before bedtime. So I don't know what times the average person go to sleep in uh, maybe 10 or 11. Then you're looking at the last dosage being around 2 or 3 p.m. Because, you know, you just don't want to compromise sleep because so much happens during sleep, right? Yeah, but from a performance standpoint, if you guys want to talk about dosages, like what would be the, you know, the dosages that people would utilize caffeine at, um, from a cognitive standpoint, you know, a cup of coffee has around 95, 100 milligrams, you know, you can increase energy and alertness um, that way. So you could start with that at around 100 milligrams. But if you look at the research closely, then the performance benefits, um, I'll give it to you in pound, milligrams per pound of body weight, starts around 1.3 milligrams per pound of body weight, up to around 2.7 milligrams per pound of body weight. That, that would be the range, right? And it might be um, wise to start at the lower range, range if you've never used caffeine before. So really quickly, like if I did it by, let's say you're 150 pound athlete, and you went 1.3 milligrams per pound, you'd start around 195, right? 200 milligrams was your starting dose. And, um, you know, times 2.7, 405 would be the upper, upper range, upper amount for that range. So, so Are yeah. Are you writing it down, Ken? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually looking at my calculator. I'm figuring out, okay, well, if I'm, I could have, I could have a pot of coffee. I'm a, <laughs> well, that's another thing, too, that we should talk about, because, you know, um, caffeine in coffee is highly variable. And I remember there was a study that actually like, they went to Starbucks like six days in a row or something, and they got the same cup of coffee. And there was like a few hundred milligrams worth of variation between the cups of coffee that they were buying every single day, exact same cup of coffee. So it's highly variable in coffee. I mean, like, you know, you could maybe get a cup, we have a, you know, Starbucks one day, it has 250 milligrams and the next day it has 500. I mean, it depends. And that's why, like in the research, you'll read about caffeine and they utilize uh, caffeine anhydrous, anhydrous meaning without water, meaning it's made in a lab um, because they can control the dosage of it much easier. And then they can obviously, if you can control the dosage, then it eliminates 
you know, what your outcomes might be. So more control with uh, caffeine anhydrous. So the point I was making is your pot of coffee, <laughs> it's likely not the same day to day. So you're going to want to want to Thanks for sharing that. that. Yeah. Because there are some mornings where I think I, I slept okay and I'm drinking, <laughs> I'm on my second cup and I am still dragging, you know? So there, there are those times where I'm just thinking, this coffee isn't making a dent. <laughs> and, there, and there are those other times where I feel like, you know, going for a three mile run, you know, so that. Yeah. You, don't you love it when you feel like that? Yeah. But whether or not I go for the three mile run, that's, <laughs> that's a little, yeah, it but, would make sense if I went for a three mile run, if I felt like I could, but. Well, so that's another issue is that caffeine is, you know, if you want to use it in supplemental form can also be used as, as a pick me up. You know, sometimes we drag throughout the day, like you're saying, and as long as you're mindful of what time of day it is, you know, you can dose it, you know, in, in a caffeine pill, if you will, as long as it's, of course, third party tested, it's a high quality product um, as a pick me up, you know, instead of coffee. And also, a lot, you know, a lot of women in particular, you know, and, and men too, but, you know, want a want a, a workout, a pre-workout product, but they don't want the side effects of, let's say, creatine, monohydrate, which, you know, increases intracellular water and makes the scale go up. A lot of them don't like that. Or, you know, beta alanine, another common um, ingredient in pre-workout supplements that sort of, in some people, it causes this tingling sensation. Um, so, you know, some people want to have more energy in their workouts and in the gym, but they don't want the side effects of creatine and beta alanine. So that would be a good usage of it as well, you know. So Kat, what are your thoughts about the quick shots? You know, you can go to a convenience store now and it's like, you know, one, one shot dose of like, it says caffeine. What are your thoughts on that? And is that truly safe because of the quick amounts that you're taking at one time? Um, so as long as it's a high quality product, um, I, and you know, in other words, what's on the bottle is actually inside <laughs> the container and there's no other banned substances or stimulants or, you know, there's not too much in it, then I would say that it's pretty much the same as taking a dietary supplement because it's still most likely going to be caffeine anhydrous. Although, you know, you got to look and see what the caffeine sources are. It might be guarana, it might be some other, you know, source of caffeine. It can have the same effect, just like, you know, coffee, drinking a cup of coffee can, huh. you know, if the dosage is the same, but I don't like, I don't like X factors. I don't, you know what I mean? Like if, if you're working with people, you want to make sure that stuff is controlled. So, I mean, especially your athletes or, you know, even your normal clients, like if you want your normal clients to try out a stimulant, you know, you know, you don't want to give them something that you think has a hundred milligrams, but it really has more or might have another stimulant in it right? Mm -hmm. Like that would not be, <laughs> that would not be smart, I would say. So I'm more of the, I'm more, especially when it comes to, you know, working with athletes, I'm more of the, use a third-party tested product, make sure you're calculating the dosage by weight. So you're not saying go to the convenience store. You know what I'm talking about. You go get some gas. All of a sudden, you have to go inside for something, and you see these. Never tell my athlete or client to do that. That's that's me. You know, that's my personal way. I like to <laughs> advise people. So, yeah, 
and you know that might translate over into maybe the maybe the shot is fine but then they might go oh maybe let me try this little energy pack right next to it you guys seen those little energy packs in those convenience stores oh yeah and they cross over to like an energy pack and we've talked about dietary supplements before and how they're not very tightly regulated and how a lot of them have you know contaminants like prescription drugs or anabolics in them and so now they're crossing over into a you know dietary supplement that can have that can have contaminants in it and i just i don't like that at all it just is too much risk hmm. so no caffeine pills with an energy drink to down it right okay <laughs> no, not, in a, not in a convenience store that's on your own for sure let's like let's be smart about it we know that caffeine has some benefits we know it can help boost exercise performance. It can feel, make you feel better and work harder in the gym. But let's not get, you know, let's not go sideways with it and, and, and cross over into some other. Let's let's do it carefully, methodically. So we're talking caffeine upper or downer here on Random Fit. We've got Wendy Batts and Ms. Kat Bearfield, registered dietitian, and myself, Ken Miller, talking about caffeine and all the wonderful things that it does to the body um until it doesn't because so, <laughs> i was you know in in my deep deep research um on the internet um you know when, 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 you're, when you're talking about uh, you know two million things that it, i could have clicked on um you know one of the things that you find out about or start reading that you start to look at is adrenal fatigue you know, for those, you know, as, as far as what I was reading and my understanding is like long term and, you know, having beyond that 1.3 milligrams per 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 pound. Um, what are some of the, I guess, side effects, if you will, that, uh, you know, can happen to somebody if they just just too much too often? I mean, what 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 do we what do we say about that? So side effects are typically like deleterious side effects, right? Not the beneficial ones that we've been talking about, um, like insomnia, right? Like restlessness, jitteriness, nervousness, things like that. That's typically a function of dosage. So when you start to get into these higher dosages, you know, like, you know, above 600 milligrams, 800 milligrams a day, uh, a gram a day, that's when you see, you know, the side effects get really exacerbated. So, you know, most people know when they're consuming excessive amounts. Like, you know, if you're drinking eight to 10 to 12 cups of coffee a day and you're taking a pre-workout, you know, you know, that's when you're gonna, that's when you're gonna probably notice that your sleep gets worse, your focus gets worse, maybe you're irritable, you know, so that's when you're gonna wanna probably titrate, <laughs> take your intake levels Dang down it. is when you're consuming excessive amounts. You know, if you're having two to three cups of coffee a day, you know, and you're using the dosages that I'm talking about here, less than 400 milligrams a day is really the round number that people want to sort of be mindful of. 400 milligrams a day, if you keep it below that, um, you're probably going to be just fine and not have issues unless you have a medical condition like anxiety, like a thyroid um, condition that of course you're gonna to wanna to talk to your doctor about, um, you know, maybe any, any type of mental health disorder that could impact, caffeine could impact, all that stuff, you're gonna to wanna to have to have a discussion with your doctor about before you start having high levels of caffeine. And to, to kind of ask another question along the same lines of the adrenal system, 
you know, if you know that you have consumed a lot of caffeine over an extended period of time and, you know, you're, you are daily seeing these types of side effects, even though you feel like when you drink coffee, those go away and then you kind of go back down into that. And it's just this back and forth game. What do you suggest, you know, if somebody does have adrenal issues, probably because of caffeine, along with anxiety and stress in life, Mm -hmm. um, just shutting down your caffeine intake or, or slowing it down until it's maybe nothing. Will that help kind of get things back into, you know, running smoothly or is, you know, what was you, what was your, what would be your suggestion for, for somebody that's, that knows they're having these issues? Well, first of all, I would say don't self-diagnose. Like if you truly believe you have adrenal issues and you're going to go want to see a specialist, right? You're going to go want to see an endocrinologist, you know, someone who has, you know, um, specific training in this area. And then you're going to want that physician to diagnose you and then provide advice for treatment of that issue. But I wouldn't self-diagnose adrenal fatigue or anything like that. In most cases, in my experience, people just don't get enough freaking sleep, right? And they overconsume stimulants, right? That doesn't mean they have adrenal fatigue. And, you know, in some circles and some medical circles, adrenal fatigue isn't even diagnosable. So that's when you go back to let the specialists be the specialists and let's control what we can, which is advising our clients to stay below 400 milligrams per day and then advising them to consume it from reliable sources like a third-party tested supplement or just consume it in natural sources within those limits. So Ken, stay off the internet. Stop using Google. (laughs) And and I will say, if you guys really want a good review paper on caffeine, it's performance benefits, you know, all the different things um, that fitness professionals like to learn about, go to ISSN's website, International Society of Sports Nutrition, and they have a review paper. Review paper, of course, you know, takes a look at all the, the whole entire body of evidence around caffeine, and you'll be able to read through that and get reliable, consistent information, as opposed to, you know, just doing a Google search and not knowing who's trying to sell you what remedy to fix your adrenal fatigue. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so when in all, in all reality, you know, you probably need to get more sleep and, and cut back on your stimulant intake. <laughs> right. You got to, got to look big picture and, and yeah. see what else is contributing yeah. to why I'm yeah. feeling so tired that I need right. that three, four cups of coffee in the morning and then right. go from there. Right. Right. And you know, People don't talk about this a lot, but, you know, there's a lot of benefit for caffeine intake. I don't know if you guys have followed some of the research around coffee and caffeine intake and some of the protective benefits it has on health. You know, like things like a few cups of coffee decreasing your risk of stroke or decreasing risk of certain types of cancer, um, having a protective effect in terms of um, insulin sensitivity. So there are some benefits because caffeine, coffee in general, you know, has polyphenols and antioxidants and antioxidants, of course, help protect yourselves from being being damaged. So moderate caffeine or coffee intake, I should say, tea as well, you know, it's got some protective effects to it. But, you know, here in the United States, we like to abuse it (laughs) in concentrated forms. (laughs) And so often it gets overlooked that, hey, having some coffee and having some tea you know, there's some good, there's some good, you know, substances in both of those, those sources of caffeine that are protective. 
Right. And I think where we, we get a little bit, you know, like you're saying, you know, we, we kind of tainted, not with just the volume of caffeine but or the volume of coffee that you drink, but within the last two and a half years, three coffee shops have opened up within a mile and a half of my house both ways, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you start to have the lattes and the cappuccinos and everything, you know what I mean? So there's a, there's a lot more that's going into the cup than what we were, what we're talking about is just caffeine because now you have, you know, the sugars and, and all that, that definitely have to be considered when looking at, okay, well, I need my stimulant. Well, what else are you doing outside of getting the caffeine? Well, you're getting all the sugar and and uh, all the other calories, when you start to look at the calorie allotment to some of these drinks, man, it's crazy. Yeah, and that's a good point. So, you know, coffee has taken on this broad definition of the 900 calorie frappuccino mocha latte at the the coffee shop, right? Like that's not coffee. That is like a, you know, basically a liquid Snickers bar, if you will, you know, with a little bit of caffeine in it. So, not to say that Snickers bar is always bad for you, but if you're consuming a 900 calorie sugary laden beverage every single day, and then you get your, you know, muffin or whatever pastry on top of that. Now we're talking about a coffee intake affecting total caloric intake and obviously increasing your, your risk of of weight gain, excess weight gain. Right. Hmm. So people do have to be mindful of, of their coffee intake <laughs> and and like really look and see what is are you actually consuming in that latte if it's 400 calories extra a day above what you're normally used to over a few months a few weeks etc you're you're going to be putting on some extra weight if nothing else changes right well and i feel i mean ken was he can attest to this when we went overseas to do a conference um i asked for a cup of coffee and i asked for a creamer and you know once they figured out what i was asking for because there was a little bit of a language barrier they bring me this tiny cup it was a tiny cup i felt like it was one of those play teacups that you you know that my um my niece has and so i thought they were kidding and so i just said jokingly you might want to leave the pot of coffee next to me and then when i asked for creamer they didn't know what i was talking about so you know they brought me milk which was as close as they had like creamer was not a thing and so i think you know too sometimes you know we we just assume that everyone's going to have all of this sweetness when people drink coffee black they drink it with no sugar that's the healthy healthy way like you said you're doing it versus me it's like half and half like it is a blonde cup of coffee which means there's so much more creamer in it, whether it is milk, you know, or actual, you know, super high in fat, you know, creamer that I'm buying at the grocery store. So, so there is a lot to be said by what I think Americans sometimes just take for granted and, or at least myself, but I think Ken got a big chuckle when I was like, seriously, like, this is what you're giving me for espresso? No, it was like just their cups. It's just, you know, we're so used to the bigger, like oversized cups. Yeah. It, and, and it wasn't like it was, it was just, it was small for me because it was I'm a so standard small. eight ounce cup of coffee, right? It is probably <laughs> a legit normal cup of coffee, but I just, because everything's so supersized when I, you know, with my drinks, I mean, this is my daily cup right here. And so, yeah, girl, so you get it. <laughs> 
I was like, no, I need like, yeah, this is like two finger, you know, pinky up kind of, kind of. Right, 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 right. And let's let's put that into context. Because if you're having a cup of coffee and you're having a little half and half in it, is it a high fat item? Half and half. Yeah. But how much are you using? You're, you're using a little bit of your coffee. And then are you controlling the rest of your intake, your calorie intake for that day? Yeah. So, you know, having a little half and half in your coffee is not a bad thing, you know, all things considered, because you're not, you're not consuming that much of it. So don't beat yourself up, Wendy. You can have, you know what, that is what I I actually put it into my, my log, because you know what, there's certain things that I love. And as you know, I'm not going to deprive myself from things that I love. I wanted a piece of cake. I would eat half of it and I would log it down and then just know that I, it satisfied that need at the moment. So Yes. And that is really a healthy outlook. But when we talk about extremes, once again, in our country, people want to go, you know, oh, no, you should avoid, you should right. never eat sugar or you should, you know what I mean? Like we don't need to go to extremes. We can have a cup of coffee with half and half. We can have some lava cake every once in a while. I can drink a diet soda and it's going to be fine. I'm not going to get cancer. Like it's okay. Like, we, <laughs> you know, we can, you can fit almost any food into you know your diet and it'd be fine it's the big picture that people you know get lost they get lost what is that saying they say you get you know you what is it you get lost the, the forest from the trees right you get so inundated in little details that you forget that hello that there's this you're eating 80 other things in your diet and it's just fine to have a little bit of half and half or whatever yeah. So shout out to our European listeners that uh, <laughs> you, this is the struggle that we have here in the U.S. You know, yeah. How, struggle is real. Do I, do I get the uh, do I get the fruit scone or the blueberry or the uh, you know sweet and savory uh, scone with my half and half <laughs> sixteen ounce coffee mug? So yeah, yeah. It's so if you guys want to talk a little bit about caffeine myths, we can, because I think there's a bunch of mis, you know, misconceptions around coffee and caffeine and it being a diuretic and causing dehydration and all those things. And so I want to touch upon that a little, because I get that question a lot and, oh, yeah. and caffeine by itself or coffee by itself does not cause dehydration. So what, what is dehydration, right? It's inadequate fluid intake. Right, so coffee can act, and tea can actually contribute to your fluid intake. What is it going to do when you're first using caffeine uh, and coffee? You're going to feel the the need to urinate a little bit sooner, and then if you're consuming coffee and caffeine, you know, in high dosages or, or above 300 milligrams a day in general, it can increase your urine output a few ounces. But co- coffee and caffeine by itself does not cause dehydration. You know, it's inadequate fluid intake that causes dehydration. So I wanted to point that out. Um, Also, you know, caffeine intake doesn't cause bone loss. You know, there are some research out there that, you know, in high, high, high intakes, like we're talking over 700 milligrams a day, there's an increased risk, but it doesn't cause bone loss. Okay. So again, there's some protective health benefits for moderate coffee, um, coffee intake. What are also some of the myths that you guys might hear that are out there around caffeine or coffee? Well, the, the dehydration one is, okay, and th- thank you for bringing that up. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the one that I usually get as far as, because that correlation between have a cup of coffee, you know, 20 minutes later, you have to go to the bathroom. It's like, so yeah. they just put the, 
you know, <laughs> one plus one equals five, you know, type yeah. of deal. Yeah. Yeah. But I would argue that, you know, okay, let's, so you're having coffee and you got a year, but what happens if you're drinking water instead? Don't you also have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> when you gotta go, you gotta go. So. I mean, you're you're consuming more fluid. So anytime you're consuming additional fluid, you know, you're you're going to need to use the restroom. It's the high input. It's the high amounts of, of coffee and caffeine intake that will increase your fluid output more than normal. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And today on Random Fit, we are super excited to have our special guest, Miss Cat Bearfield, on with myself, Wendy Batts, and Ken Miller talking about caffeine, whether it's an upper, a downer, maybe both. And Kat, you know, you've shared some really great information. You talked a little bit about what caffeine was, you know, when you should and why you should possibly consider using it before and um, during a workout. And then again, you know, what it can do for our bodies just to wake us up and make us feel more alert. But, you know, because I could talk to you about this again all day, but if you had to kind of give us one final thought or you know maybe what would you want to leave our audience with when we're talking about this specific topic what what do you think the final parting word should be before we end our session um i would say probably um don't should on yourself <laughs> so should s-h-o-u-d don't yeah. don't don't get <laughs> it over there like if you enjoy coffee like most people do right here and in europe if you're enjoying a moderate intake of coffee two three cups a day there's no reason for you to stop there really isn't just keep enjoying it don't beat yourself up right um and then also probably to piggyback on that is if you are chronically sleep deprived don't try to use caffeine to fix your sleep issues <laughs> Yes, it's not going to. And <laughs> my more sleep. <laughs> so, those are the two, so those are the two things I would say, because a lot of times, you know, the news, the headlines are going to vilify, you know, coffee this, coffee that, and it lose, you know, we lose the big picture, as we say. Um, and then also sleep is a huge issue in our country. I'm sure others, especially among youth, we're staring at screens all the time. And we know how important sleep is to quality of life, energy levels, et cetera. And no amount of caffeine is going to fix that. None. Hmm. Not even 400 milligrams? Not even 400 <laughs> milligrams. You might feel good, quote unquote, good, energized for a little bit. But you keep doing that, you know, your, your body is going <laughs> to protest. You're going to have bone loss and dehydration. Yeah, gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So those, those, are the, those are the two key takeaways, I would say. If you drink coffee and tea and you enjoy it, some moderate amounts, keep doing it. Don't worry. And, awesome. you know, take care of your sleep. That's right. That's right. Well, Kat, I, I, I can honestly say I'm, after this episode, I am smarter now than when we first logged in. So Yay. thank you so much for the science and the insight, because without your insight, science really doesn't have as much, you know, bang for your buck when you don't, when you can't say the words. It well, it's all always a great time hanging out with you guys. So please invite me back. We can oh, chop it up not, a little bit more. Not Let us know what listeners want to learn about. I'll study and make sure I come prepared. Yeah. And on that note, for those of you listening to us or listen to this episode of Random Fit regarding caffeine and upper or downer. Uh, thanks for spending your time with us here. Uh, Wendy Batts, myself, Ken Miller, and Miss Kat Fairfield, registered dietitian, and again, sharing her 
knowledge and insight and perspective when it comes to the intake of caffeine. So just like what Kat said, if there's other things, especially from the nutrition side of fitness that you want to hear about, and, you know, we can easily give Kat a call on the, uh, not a cat call, but a cat a call <laughs> on the bat phone. You can, <laughs> we can have her back on. So like, follow, subscribe, download, share, comment. Let us know what you want to hear here on Random Fit. But until then, take care and be well.